Welcome to Chapel Roswell University, everybody. If you have never, ever, ever been to college, never wanted to go to college, ever, never had an interest in college, welcome to the Chapel Roswell University. If you have been to college, if you have multiple degrees, or even if you just went for a little while and stopped, welcome to Chapel Roswell University. Wherever you are in your educational life, we now are in school together. I have to tell you, our theme it was actually inspired by all of our college summer in, or high school summer interns. We had these amazing interns all over the church campus this summer, and we spent the summer hearing about them preparing for college. And now they're all over the nation, all over the world, and so they inspired us. So now together, we are going to be in university. And what we learned over the summer is that when you start to think about college, you have to think about where you're going to live. So we have to think about our dorm room. I have to be honest with you. I have friends whose children now are in dorm rooms. And to see pictures of their dorm room, it looks nothing like mine did. These days, dorm rooms are huge, and you don't even have to share a bathroom with 20 people. They have these apartments they call dorm rooms. They're like two- and four-bedroom apartments, and you have your own space, and you just have to share your living area. And then if you do decide to go to the old-school dorm room, they're gorgeous. I've never seen anything so intentionally decorated and matching. They're beautiful. So we have to think about what kind of dorm room are we going to live in? Another thing we need to think about as we get started, how are we going to go to school? Are we going to go online or are we going to go in person? And let's be honest, both are good. And let's be honest, this, is gonna, this little series is going to take us a few weeks. So we might have to do a version of both. So if you are in the area... We would love to have you in person. But if for any reason you are not in the area, if for some reason you can't be here, you just can't get here, you have to travel, we want you to be an online student. More than anything, we want you to feel a sense of belonging because this is your community. This is your worship. This is your chapel. And so we want you, whether you are online or in person, we want you to feel like you belong here. There's another thing you need when you start school. Can anybody guess? Can anybody guess? Yeah, you need school supplies. We have your school supplies right here. During the last song, we're going to invite you to come up and get them, but I'll just show them to you. You have these really cool lanyards for your school supplies. You have pencils, you have highlighters of all colors, and you have pens. So we want you to have your school supplies for our university. We also have our main textbook that we will be using. This is our sacred text of the series. And there's a special group of people we would like to give this very special textbook to. So those would be our third graders. If you are our third graders, come on up and join me. 
as they walk up here, I'm going to tell you too that it's a great, y'all can make a little line, just come on right in front of me. It's a great time to be a third grader because almost to date, Chapel Roswell turns eight years old. So if you put Chapel Roswell in a grade, it would be third. So from one third grader to another third grader, let's get our textbooks. And Miss Sabrina is here to help us. I'm going to ask Miss Sabrina to hold this basket. And we are going to come along and we're going to give you your Bible. And then you can grab some school supplies out of that basket. Okay? All right. We're going to just start one at a time. You ready? Bailey. Thank you. You're welcome. And I share with you the word of God. In the best times and in the worst times, read it. And know that God is with you. Blair, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad, read it and know that God is with you. Hollis, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and know that God is with you. And Madeline, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and know that God is with you. You want to take it? Kiara, I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and know that God is with you. And grace, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and know that God is with you. Campbell, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, I want you to read it and know that God is with you. Kate, I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and know God is with you. You're welcome. Tell me your name. Violet, I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and know God is with you. And Claire, I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it. And know God is with you. Okay, your school supplies. Perfect. Okay, third graders, raise your hand and stand up wherever you landed. I have a few extra things I want to share with you. Are you ready? The Bible that you just received, I want you to know that it's yours. It's not anybody else's, it's yours. So does that mean you can color in it? Yeah. Can you draw in it? Yes. Can you underline and use the highlighters to highlight in it? Yes, you can. I want you to do that. I want you to write in it. Write your name. Write dates. Write pictures that the scripture reminds you of. I want this to be your Bible. One thing I do not want you to do, please, 
Do not pick up this Bible and start at page one and treat it like a chapter book. The first few stories are a lot of fun, but then it might not be as interesting. So what I want you to do is I want you to read the creation story, but then I want you to think about stories that you know. I want you to think about characters that you know. And go online, search for where it is in the Bible, and then go to the Bible, find that story, and read it. So if you want to read about David and Goliath, search, where's David and Goliath? It'll tell you, go to your Bible, you read it. If you hear something about maybe Jesus sharing a little boy's lunch with the disciples, and you don't know where it is, go online, find out where it is, and read it in your Bible Underline it. Highlight it. If you do this consistently, every time you come to Sunday school, every time you come to worship, any time you think about a name or a story, if you go back and read it consistently, you will be surprised at how much of the Bible you read. I have one more thought about it. There may be questions along the way that you have of your Bible. Because it's not always easy to understand. If you have any questions for any reason, I want you to ask for help. The first person you can ask is somebody that you trust at home. Guess who else you can... Yep, there, there they are right there. Guess who else you can ask? Any ideas who else you can ask? Yeah, you can ask your friend. Who else? Who else can you ask about help in the Bible? Yeah, you can certainly ask Jesus, but just in case you need extra help, I'm right here. (laughs) Come and ask me. That is literally why I am here, is to help you read scripture. That is part of what I love to do. You can also ask your brother. That's a great one too. We want you to know we're here for you. You may have a seat. For those of you who are still standing, thank you so much for being here, our third graders. After worship, if you want to find one of our third graders, they have on a name tag. You can say hello to them and tell them your very favorite Bible verse or scripture or story. All right. We have a place to live. We know how we're going to school. We have our school supplies. All we need now is our classroom rules. Yay! Rules are awesome. I know, you can't start school unless you know the rules of class. And our rules actually come from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. You can read in your brand new Bibles if you want to. This is in the New Testament, the book of Matthew. If not, you can read with me on the screens. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, 
tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen, even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This reading is actually two parts of a discourse. The first part of this discourse is in Matthew 18, the first 14 verses. And the first part of this discourse is all about how to handle third graders. It's true. How to handle children. The second half of the discourse is how we should handle church members. It's how we should handle one another. Because believe it or not, church people argue. I know that's shocking. Believe it or not, church staff can argue. Believe it or not, churches universally, denominations, they can argue. There's one church, it was not this church, it's never this church, but there was one church where the pastor and the music director were not getting along. They were arguing, and it began to spill over in worship. So the pastor preached a sermon on compromise. Immediately following that message, the music director led the anthem, I shall not be moved. (laughs) The next week, The pastor preached a great sermon on tithing and how we should give of ourselves. The music director followed that message up with the song, Jesus Paid It All. The next week, the pastor preached a sermon on the evils of gossip. The music director followed it up by anyone? I love to tell the story. The next week, the preacher talked about how he's considering resigning. The music director followed that message up with, oh, why not tonight? (laughs) The very next week, the preacher announced he was, in fact, resigning. And his quote was, Jesus brought me to this church, and Jesus is taking me away from this church. The music director followed that one up with, what a friend we have in Jesus. Where two or more people are gathered, there will be an argument. Of all passages in the entire Bible that we just gave our third graders, there's one place and one place only that has the word Jesus and the word church in the same passage. And of all the things that could have been talked about in the one passage about Jesus in the church Matthew picked conflict management. 
Jesus is empowering us. Jesus is giving us permission to solve our own arguments with each other. If we were in a business setting, we would be told that the best way to handle any argument or conflict, quickly, directly, and at the lowest level. Apparently, they know scripture because that is exactly what Matthew is telling us. Matthew says we are to handle any conflict, any argument that arises quickly, quietly, directly, respectfully, and with humility. The person who has been hurt, the victim, is the one that is supposed to start the process. The one that has felt harm goes to someone and says, this is how you've hurt me. And if it's not received well, go get one or two more people and continue the conversation. It's very clear. And then, if it's still not resolved, if it's still not handled, take your problem to the church. And of course, the church being this unbiased group of people. Can you imagine? I want you to think through an argument you had with your sibling, with your parent, with your friend, with your roommate, with your neighbor. Can you imagine bringing it up to the church council? We are to handle our arguments quietly, quickly, directly, respectfully and with humility and if that doesn't work go to the church there was this church there were a group of women and this group of women in this church had been making the coffee for 1,000 years and they made the coffee for 1,000 years the exact same way every Sunday and they used the exact same brand of coffee every Sunday for 1,000 years, except for one time. All of a sudden, before the ladies got to church, there was a group of young people, and the young people showed up, and they substituted the regular coffee grounds with fair trade coffee, and the ladies got really mad about it. And they went directly to the young group. And the young group went directly to the ladies, and they began to argue. And it got so heated that they got their Sunday school classes involved. There were one or two more people who got involved, and the argument intensified. And you know what happened? The ladies took all 12 bags of the fair trade coffee and hit them. They took them down to the bowels of the church basement where they kept the church china because they knew no one ever looks for the church china. It got so bad six months later that they really did go to the church council. It was an agenda item to deal with. The coffee ladies, they presented their case and said why it was important of tradition And the new young group, they presented their case about why it's important to support the farmers 
and have fair trade coffee in worship. A compromise was reached. They decided to take both the old coffee and the new coffee and shake it all up together. And so that in every single cup of coffee, both would be served. It looked like it was going to work. Everyone was so excited. But then the next Sunday morning, someone substituted the creamer, the dairy-based creamer, with a soy-based creamer. And the fight began again. I read the funniest commentary on it. And this person, this theologian, this person who reads scripture a lot, actually said, well, where two or more are gathered, we have to have Jesus because we always need a referee. It's funny, but true. The problem is, and Jesus knows this, we will argue with one another. We've been arguing since the very beginning. And if you don't believe me, turn to the beginning of your Bible and read about Cain and Abel. We have been arguing for a long time. But what can be different is our response to it. What can be different is our faithful, Christ-filled, direct, and humble response to it. There are these two brothers. And these two brothers, they lived on adjacent farms. And they worked their farms for 40 years together. And they never had an argument. They lived in peace for 40 years working together. And then all of a sudden, one day, they had a misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding turned into an argument. And an argument turned into a serious problem. The serious problem turned into bitter words. And the bitter words turned into silence between them. One day, the older brother heard a knock at the door. So John went and answered the door. And there was a carpenter there. And he had a toolbox, and the carpenter said, I'm just looking for a few days' work. Do you have any projects that I can help you with? And the older brother said, yes, I do. He said, do you see that house across the way? Between us, there used to be a beautiful meadow. He said, but a week ago, my brother took his bulldozer and made a river between us. I'm going to do him one better. The brother said, take all that old lumber and build an eight-foot fence around my house and farm. That way I'll never have to see his face and I'll never have to see his place. The carpenter said, show me the tools, show me the nails, I'll do you a good job. So the older brother went off to town, didn't come back until nighttime And what he saw when he got back shocked him. There was no fence. The carpenter had built a bridge over the water, complete with beautiful handrails. And what shocked the older brother was that in the middle of the bridge stood his younger brother with his arms out wide, tears streaming down his face. 
And the older brother went over to meet him on the bridge. And before he could say anything, the younger brother said, after everything I said to you, you did this for me? And as they're hugging out of the corner of their eye, they saw the carpenter leave. And John said, no, no, don't leave. Stay. There's so many more projects here. And the carpenter said, there's so many more bridges to build. God does not care what our dorm room looks like, what our houses look like, what our neighborhoods look like. God cares about who we welcomed, how we treat the people we live with, and how we treat our neighbor. God doesn't care about the car we drive. God wants to make sure we help someone get to where they need to go. God does not care about fences. God is in the business of bridges. And there are going to be times when an an agreement cannot be made. And during those times an agreement cannot be made, God tells us what to do then as well. God says, you must treat that person like a Gentile or a tax collector. And inside they're like, yeah, there's the revenge, right? No. The irony is Jesus made a Gentile and a tax collector two of the most influential disciples we have in Scripture, Peter and Paul. So when you cannot agree with someone, treat them like the rock of the church, the cornerstone of the church, and the greatest church planner that we ever had. To say it another way, it's our turn to look at our neighbor and say, where are the tools? Show me the nails, and I'll do you a good job. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, we know that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from your love. There is not an argument, there is not a person that can keep us from forgiveness and grace in you. And so it is in this time that we are so grateful to you. And we celebrate your presence with us because this is a day for new beginnings. This is a time for you to appear in other people. And this is a moment for us to have a faithful response to it. Because here and now is when we become your real church. Where we welcome all people, whether we agree with them or not. This is a place where we have compassion and empathy for every person so they are not alone. But somehow through us experience just a hint of your love. So help us now to know that you are calling us to do more. Help us to trust you for the direction we need to do it. And if there are times in our lives, Lord, where we have caused brokenness, where it's our behavior that was harmful for someone else, we are sorry. And so forgive us. And help us to put away fighting. Help us to put away jealousy. And help us to work through any pain that it has caused. 
and turn us around into a new way of being so that our physical health and our emotional health and our mental health and our spiritual health can begin to be healed. And use this time to refresh our minds so that we can see and hear clearly the need around us. And Lord, be with any of us that have therapy or treatment or doctor visits this week. Be with any of us that have anxiety over a decision or a behavior that may happen. And be with any of us who are navigating friendships and family dynamics. And be with any of us that are simply excited about this new week. And put in our path friends to help us be joyful in all of it. And more than anything, help us keep the light when we are tempted not to, so that we can turn every situation in a time that we dedicate to you. Amen. I invite you now to stand and sing our closing song with our Chapel Roswell band. They're an awesome marching band and choir and chorus and orchestra all wrapped up behind me. And as they sing and we sing together, you can come and get as many of our school supplies as you'd like. So let's sing and get our supplies.